should be pretty gosh darn live. I am the hip-hop socialist. And I believe we're going to find a way to figure this whole thing out. Oh, cool. I love stupid bullshit like this. Come around my way, buddy. We sold my shit up. Knuckles all fat and shit. Side though, it's all good. Whipped his ass so bad, his stepmom's gonna feel me for the next three birthdays out this month. Look what his homeboy did to the side of your head. What you talking about, kid? This shit, he ain't fading nothing over here, though. One ass whooping, man. They still won. How you figure that, man? Look around you, man. They own this shit. They on this couch you sitting on, them shoes you got on your feet, this building, this school, this country, you. We behind enemy lines, dog. One beat down and never compare to 439 years of captivity. Never. I don't know shit. Freshman. Father Teresa does not give. In Father Teresa's wine cellar, we believe all oppression is intersectional. And this means our analysis of current events frequently includes discussion of difficult and explicit content. Any combination of the following topics could be included in our show. Murder, rape, war, climate change, racism, sexism, violence, sexual violence, homophobic violence, heterocentrism, discrimination and abuse against individuals of nonconformist sexuality, domestic violence, child abuse, child rape, child neglect, elderly abuse, verbal abuse, police brutality, microaggressions, ableism, cyberbullying, genital mutilation, ideological extremism, and people just being total fucking assholes. They're on this couch you sitting on. This show. Them shoes you got on your feet. It's brought to you. This building. By the fuck. This school. This country. You. That Father Teresa does not give. <clears throat> All right. WineCellarMedia.com. Conversation Radio. 
free show still be posted to uh, patreon.com slash wine cellar media fund there's dc love posted up in the joint uh said they love um williams hat fit phoenix <laughs> yeah it's our hat real easy to socialize between two people it is especially when we can't leave yep if my ankles were worth a damn i could use some of her heeled shoes some of them shits look fly but my ankles don't function like that heeled (laughs) shoes don't make any damn sense well the boot ones but yeah like these gray boot joints i was like that's a slick gray oh yeah yeah you throw on a nice philip marcel with that like the ankle boots you're talking about yeah but oh fuck fuck all that man they're cute knock your shit no functionality okay but they're still cute pockets they are cute (laughs) and there is uh theo loco what's good and sharing is caring could have swore that was the 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 truth that they told us Mm -hmm. right spend the rest of your life trying to tell you no be a selfish fuck be horrible be evil and um And I did end up making a Twitter thread about capitalism. Capitalism just keeps coming up, obviously, on a program like this. Yeah. And in this movie that we're about to spit about real quick. Uh, we won't cover it the same way we did Promising Young Woman, where we literally went, like, front to back over the whole movie. Because mm-hmm. this one is more about how the movie was made. Okay. Right? The fucking no heroes thing. Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> A lot of people didn't. I didn't like it. Yeah, it's basically going number one on Netflix based on not being liked. So mm-hmm. then someone else says, well, they, they can't be that bad. <laughs> and the next person fucking clicks it. Yeah, well, I, I find that there's like, um, people say they don't like it, but I find it's like two main camps. One is people who don't like the plot because it's, um, you know, like kind of triggering or a little bit too evil. And there's people who, despite the plot, their feelings on the plot just don't like the movie. I'm definitely in that second group. Like, I'm not triggered by the plot. I just don't like the movie. <laughs> or like uh, Mohaner the Dancer um, left a comment on a thread about it and said they don't like it because, like, they work in this field and, like, this stuff ends up being, like, propaganda against what mm-hmm. uh, what folks like her do. Yeah. Yeah, he said, like, she's worked in it, like, a great deal of time, like, just about as much as dancing. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> or, like, the capitalism thing, right? Like, we would like to buy a house with less people crashing pickup trucks into us. Uh, we want to do that, right? But uh, but fucking capitalism gets in the way. But like, you know, I watch all the YouTube guys, the YouTube videos and all the folks. And I ended up narrowing it down to two YouTube cats. Like, like, to, like early December, I narrowed it down to two cats. I'm going to watch their YouTube videos. I think their jobs, they're loan officers. Mm-hmm. And they spit a lot of good game. And I was like, yeah, these are the cats I'm going to watch. So I've been consistently watching their live videos. You know, I catch them six hours later. I catch the recent archives. And one of them, uh, Javier, first off, he casually trolls any incel that may possibly be listening. That amuses the living shit out of me. He never says it blatantly, but he says, yeah, and if you can do this, you're going to be a real estate Chad with a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I love that shit. And that same cat, Javier, he's interacting with this other um, cat, this real zen white dude type of cat. And, um, like, they just said straight up, they were like, you know what? I'm, this is probably going to be an unpopular thing to say, but we really need some regulation on this damn market and in this industry, especially mm-hmm. on the prices. 
like the prices are going up arbitrarily and i get it i understand he said the word he was like i get it it's capitalism it's your free market it's your free will but maybe this isn't going too well he just Mm -hmm. said that straight out like a couple days ago and then my biological niece a lot of y'all don't know i have a niece because too many of you are still r kelly fans Hmm. Uh, but fucking my uh, my biological niece uh, calls me up. And one of the first things she's riffing about, we riff for about two and a half hours. She's like, Uncle Billy, she still talks like that. Uncle Billy, I don't think Obama was a very good president. And maybe <laughs> capitalism's probably not good for black people. It's like, oh, shit. Yes. Everybody's saying fuck the capitalism. And really, that's what was the actual villain in the movie, right? The um, I care a lot. Film. I mean, I guess capitalism was the villain, or the people were the villains. Yeah, the people are bad, but the system lets them do it. I mean, but they don't have to. They don't have to. They don't have to. They don't have to, but they're going to because if they don't, some it's like that. Um, I'm not a fan of this um rapper, uh, but Notorious B.I.G. He was like. If I don't sell crack to the pregnant customer, the next cat is. Mm-hmm. And capitalism breeds that apathy. Like you be saying, it's not apathy; it's sadism. You say sociopaths are created. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the people in this movie. I don't. They weren't apathetic. They were very intentionally malicious. But like, but for profit though, not just to hurt the people. Like hurting the people is a side effect. It was intentionally hurting the people though. But would they do it if they weren't getting paid? Oh, probably. They would hurt people for free? Yeah. I don't know. That I don't main know character f- would hurt someone for free. Yeah, I don't know. Because they're, like, they're fictional characters. And they did a little bit of setup on the character, but not enough. Like, basically, the setup for why the character was this um, sort of uh, vulture capitalist as an individual, mm-hmm. it was like just a quick narration Mm-hmm. right like over some b-roll of her walking around yeah yeah like it didn't really give enough i think maybe that hurt but then again she's not the villain to me what she's the absolutely si- a villain yeah the system is but she knows what she's doing yeah but then like the the criminal russian criminal guy yeah uh i, I don't know that cat's name Peter the dinklage. actor D- yeah dink the dinklage cat yeah, like, he was a bad person. Yeah, he was also a villain. Yeah, everyone in the movie was pretty much a villain. Yeah. So. But, then, but like, the black judge, he seemed more like just aloof. Like, well, I trust this person, and I sit on my bench. And, and is also a villain. Literally, every person who came on the screen was a villain. <laughs> every single one. <laughs> the judge, the main character, the mobster, the main character's girlfriend, the old lady in the beginning who got put into the nursing home. Every single person was a criminal, was a villain. Everyone. <laughs> that Phoenix Cleeter is staunch. <laughs> yeah, well, they were, though. Right? Because she seems like a nice old lady. Then you find out she's fucking, like, hiding mobster diamonds and shit. And her kid is a mobster. The mobster is obviously a criminal because he's a mobster. That's his job. The main character is intentionally stealing from people and lying about them. Uh, her girlfriend is in on it. The All her colleagues are in on it because it's like a scam they're running together. The judge is supposed to be doing checks and balances to make sure this shit doesn't happen and isn't doing it. And then the guy uh, with the gun at the end, everybody, everybody who comes on the screen is a bad person. Yeah, because that guy, <laughs> he wouldn't have been bad. I think 
maybe it was a mistake. I don't know why, but like in the beginning, they make the guy that ultimately shoots her at the end, mm -hmm. they make him a misogynist, mm -hmm. like making a rape threat, wishing rape on her. Yeah, someone. it was wishing rape on her and wishing murder yeah. on her. And, and it's like now, like even with that person killing him at the end, it's mm -hmm. not that that person is a hero, but it's like, Eh, I really don't care if a capitalist dies. Right. Like, I get why he killed her, but it's still like, but you're still like out here wishing rape on people like that's. Yeah. I don't care how mad you are about your mother. You know? So yeah, literally everybody in the movie was a bad person. And just like, yeah. You don't have right. anything else to say about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that that's a thing that's not really being discussed. And I think that there is some fear mongering about like, oh, is this how you know, it goes or is this how people really get treated? And I think that there is a conversation there. Um, what I'm, I guess what I'm curious about is what the directors and writers thought we were supposed to get out of it. Um, I don't I know. Have a, because um... there wasn't like, um, cause usually there's some sort of like, you know, either the, some sort of crossroads, right. And then like the villain, uh, changes and becomes like the you know a hero or they uh, double down on being a villain there wasn't really that sort of crossroads right because she just gets shot at the end and just dies we don't know what happens after she dies like what happened to her empire like how did what did her girlfriend uh, do after you know I don't know there was just like a lot of questions I don't know it almost feels like I have more questions than I have answers <laughs> I don't know yeah, there's a little bit of um, audio and video here from these folks over at Collider. Let's hope I don't get a uh, <laughs> get a, get a copyright hit. Hmm. Um, and one thing they asked about, like, is care a lot based on any uh, true stories? Okay. Yeah, let's take a look here. Hello and congratulations, Jay. Hi, Perry. Nice to meet you. Thank you very much. So I have a feeling this is probably going to be the thing that most are wondering about after seeing the movie. Does this really happen to people? How much truth is there in the operation that Marla's running? Uh, in Marla's operation, a lot of it happens, unfortunately. It's, uh, it's, it's true, true to life in the fact that there are lots of, of these predatory guardians who do prey on vulnerable and elderly people and sort of entrap them in these guardianships and uh, basically sort of strip their life apart. It's uh, the true life stories of it. Uh, really quite harrowing and horrifying um so unfortunately yeah it does it does happen is there any particular true detail you learned about that kind of scenario while you were prepping for this that maybe you didn't have the screen time to include in the movie that you wanted to not really i mean the, the sort of the aim of the movie wasn't really to do an expose on this on this uh, scam it was more to you know show, show this scam and show how it's sort of like an example of what what kind of happens in a in a in a world which is sort of focused on like um on success and on efficiency you know and on trusting people that you already know you know so like the judge works with marla all the time so like likes her and understands her and trusts her in a way that he doesn't know the family member and doesn't trust them and family members emotional whereas marla's not she's efficient and and very well put together i mean one thing i we spoke about um while we we're making the film i spoke to rosamond about which maybe, you know, you sort of get a sense of it, but it didn't really make the final film, which is if you met Marla in real life, like I'd say at a party or something, you'd like just think, well, she's like very attractive, very well put together, well-dressed, you know, she seems to have a great relationship, caring relationship with her girlfriend. And she, you know, she's got great taste. I mean, her office is beautiful and she's kind of smart and, you know, her, she seems 
she seems really um really great person and then you'd ask her what do you do for a living and she goes well you know i take care of elderly people and you think this this lady's great she's a saint but you know part of that you know that thing of like people looking to the world as if they're like good people who do good things but actually there's lots of bad things underneath the hood i think is something that is very true of that world and, and true of lots of different people in positions of authority who get away with a lot because people just trust them because they're oh they're the guy that we know you know so there's that element that didn't quite make into the film but i think is very true in that case then on the flip side of it what drew you to having you know this protagonist that's doing a bad thing having her go up against someone or at least target someone who is also doing a bad thing rather than having made jennifer a you know a more traditional uh, innocent party i mean i think jennifer's innocent of whatever <laughs> you know mal is doing to her she doesn't deserve that i don't think anybody deserves that i don't think uh you know, whatever you've done in your life, you don't deserve bad things to happen to you kind of by a con person. But I think um, Marla's character and these characters in real life sort of struck me as being a little bit like gangsters. You know, they come in and they, they steal something under false pretenses and then they sort of strip it for parts and then, you know, pump all the money out of it as they can. You know, when they've got assets, they, they use those assets and overcharge and overcharge and overcharge. And when they run out of those assets and, assets and they get put onto, you know, sort of government money, they then just store them in like the worst care home. They sort of run through their money fast as possible and store them in the worst care home and just forget about them, just park them and then move on to the next one. And that felt almost like, you know, a gangster's operation. And so the idea of taking somebody who's basically um, a legal gangster, because there's not really anything she's doing that's totally against the law. She's overcharging people, but she's sort of ex exposing loopholes in the law. Running up against somebody who is a gangster and like is on the other side of the law felt quite interesting and like, because he has like violence and ruthlessness and like criminality on his side where she is on the right side of the law and how different are they so having this sort of yin and yang of like of amorality pitted against each other and seeing put them in sort of like a death match of who's going to give up first seemed uh, like a bit of a delicious prospect that it was uh... <laughs> okay so i think that's um satisfy <laughs> i guess yeah, yeah what, what what the director was going for because yeah i actually had that one in the can because i was like i was like yeah i wouldn't know what yeah what the Before fuck get... was this nigga going for yeah <laughs> i know yeah it's and yeah so they're saying like a yin and yang of uh both being folks that are not upstanding citizens yeah but they're on different sides of what is legal on paper yeah yeah and i think that and that's what for me like made it so well, now I can't root for the gangster guy either because right. he, he's a stone cold, mean old gangster guy. Right. You know, and it's like, but also I can't get mad at the gangster guy because it's like, yeah, he's doing the shit you're doing. But like, he just he just is that. It's mm -hmm. like you're kind of you're fake legit. <laughs> fake legit. Yeah, that's what it is. OK. Yeah, you're not too legit to quit. I want you to quit. Oh, <laughs> Um, that is yeah, not a touch screen. It's not a touch screen. <laughs> but yeah, so I was just very curious to like sort of understand what the point um, of this was. But then I also know this actress from being in a similar type of movie where you can't root for anybody because I believe this was also um, the protagonist in uh, what the fuck was that? A uh, Gone Girl, which was somewhat similar. Where you're like, wow, absolutely everyone in this movie is a bad person. <laughs> so this may just kind of be her thing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and then that that's just their art. And I, it, maybe yeah. it resonates with someone, like we were talking yeah. about in the kitchen earlier today. 
Yeah, like, maybe we're not feeling it, but someone's feeling it. It's making money. Studios are going to keep funding these projects. Yeah, I think that um, what the, the thing I didn't like about everyone being a bad person was that um, because everyone was so committed to basically being a villain that you kind of already knew what they were going to do next. Because hmm. you're like, oh, it's going to be the villain thing. Like, there's no, like, maybe they're going to do something good. Maybe they're gonna, you know, change. Like there was, it, like there was just nowhere to go. It was like, okay, this is a villain. They're gonna do villain things the whole time, and there's another villain thing. So I don't know. I felt like it maybe didn't have room for the characters to go somewhere. Maybe I don't know if that makes yeah. sense, but yeah. Yeah, and I think um, I, I and I was looking at it again, like while I was doing chores and whatnot, and I think something that they played really well. Like if if I if I have the right idea of what they're gunning for, something I think that was uh a very smart way to play it at the end of the film when the um <coughs> the victim that we saw at the beginning comes back and uh and shoots her in the chest mm -hmm. all the way up to the moment of literally a bullet hitting her she's completely just aloof mm -hmm. like that's how hard the ambition is that nothing outside of just what the money you want to make and the shit you want to buy with it even exists let alone like clearly very angry violent white man who has already threatened you horrifically early in the film mm -hmm. approaching you aggressively you know if someone's gonna pull out a gun their hand is probably at their side in a questionable way yeah. she sees nothing of that and literally what her character says the line is i don't have time for you know, mm -hmm. before the gunshot goes off. Mm -hmm. And then you think, like, these people, their attitude is generally time is money. Mm -hmm. And, like, so instead of even recognizing, holy shit, that's the fucker that wants to kill me, mm -hmm. it's fucking, that does not look like something that's worth my time yeah. right now. Yeah. Off the clock. Well, I think there is, because she kept saying, like, I'm a lioness and whatever. And I think she that was that thing where, like, oh, I have money and prestige. I'm now invincible. And it's like, well... Maybe in court, <laughs> but um, yeah, <laughs> there's you might have to have a face to face interaction with other people, and you're still very much human, yeah. Like, you still had to because, like, when you walked out of that TV studio, you don't work for that TV station, you were just a guest there. Now, yeah. you have to walk down those steps across that parking lot and to your car, yeah, you're gonna run into a motherfucker, yep. Hell, at any given time, you know, like a gas station, any damn where. Yeah. Shit, man. <laughs> yeah, I think that they, I think they did do a good job um, displaying that arrogance from her as a character, because that was like her attitude throughout the whole movie: is that I can do whatever I want because I'm a lion, I'm a strong person. Everyone else is weak, so they're going to crumble no matter what because every, like, I'm stronger than everyone. I'm better than everyone. You know. That sort of thing. And, you know, in the clip that you just played, I think the director did have a valid point that, you know, you see this person, they're well put together and well spoken and they're rich and famous. So people assume like, oh, you must be a good person because we do tie um, financial success to morality, which maybe we shouldn't be doing that. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it works out very well. But yeah. And taking a look at the archive chat space. uh there's a uh, Melanie Loco said, I appreciated that um, that no one was better. It was similar to how I felt about Promising Young Woman. It felt more real because it didn't have a magical everything is better ending. It mm -hmm. ended like real life. Right. And I mean, we've seen real life and Promising Young Woman, even with video, some like what well, well, he's going to do six months tops. Yep. Six months tops is really the murder that's going to get him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, but 
rape that's not that illegal under white supremacy and patriarchy no not really and i should be running back on over here to check the old phone bank all right no one has called in at 347-857-3937 all right and i and beyond that i really didn't have much to say about the film i guess something else because i i did um i consulted the um the unofficial board of wine cellar comrades <laughs> Uh-huh. By doing that, I mean I made a Facebook post and asked people to comment. Uh-huh. And um and they helped me come to the conclusion that as a pedestrian viewer, right, I'm not a film buff, read that as snob. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a pedestrian. Like I want to see bright colors on a screen, people moving around and delivering their lines in a way that holds my attention while I eat something. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I'm gunning for. You know, I'm not trying to learn something or be compelled. Like, I'm purely straight, raw, entertain me. Mm-hmm. And that probably irritates the film buff. But then, like me, as a hip-hop snob, when they're like, yeah, but how could you not like DJ Unk? Let me tell you something. Cause that <laughs> shit's fucking whack. <laughs> All right, so, like, I'm a snob there, but not here. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's fun to do these. But um, as a non-snob, I think I may be, like, projecting myself into the movie, like, Mm -hmm. emotionally, like, onto a character or onto the plot. And the closest person, because I'm like, fuck, I'm not like this fucking class hole, Mm -hmm. you know, lean-in-ass motherfucker. I'm not like this Russian gangster guy. Damn sure not like the judge. I ain't institutional. Mm -hmm. You know, buck dance on somewhere else. And it's like the closest I am to is the victim and something else I think they did realistic is they had very little of the victim on screen because mm-hmm. that's the reality of it. They become invisible, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't see no that gum Britney Spears. I see her father making yeah. my baby some cheese grits. Yeah, that that person disappears. Venus Kalita knows about that. Mm-hmm. She's talked about it on the program. Yeah, she's had her fucking <laughs> taken away. <laughs> By these cruel fucks. So, yeah, I, I think that's uh, something I do as yeah. a pedestrian viewer. Right? Yeah. You have commentary? Oh, yeah. I'm, I think I'm just, I'm always excited about the conflict. Like, what is the conflict going to be? And if everyone's a bad guy, there's not going to be a lot of conflict. And that makes me sad. And then bored. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I wasn't feeling it. And, like, I don't think it was, like, shot badly. The score seemed fine. Everyone seemed to be delivering the lines. I just I just couldn't fucking get into it, so. Could not fucking get into it. All right. And from there, I'd like for folks to get into this. Uh, we do have a little bit of news, a little bit of comment. But I want to remind you of the People's Library, ABQ. All right, mm-hmm. so let's uh, bring that up. We'll take a little break with the People's Library, come back with some news and comment. I have some relatively serious stuff and hoping that within the four to minutes or so, Phoenix Collider can dig up a white on white crime, if you will. I, I'm sure I can. I have faith in myself. <laughs> Let's go. Hi, I'm Brittany. A lot of my friends call me Fia, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about the People's Library ABQ. For as long as I can remember, I have loved books. Books gave me an opportunity to escape the harsh circumstances of my early life and gave me the belief in change and an unyielding belief that change is possible. As a child, I yearned to become a librarian, but classist and ableist hurdles prevented me from getting the necessary degrees to work in a state or academically sanctioned library. So I made my own. 
I've long dreamed of having a mobile activist library, especially after I was part of a group that brought the Carter Johnson Leather Library to Albuquerque. I got up close and personal interactions with Bai Johnson about the roots of her library. And in the early fall of 2020, I stumbled onto PM Press and AK Press, two amazing anarchist publishers. So I signed up for their monthly subscription. Once I had seven books in hand, I wondered, how can I share these books with my friends? So I harnessed my love for Excel and built a spreadsheet and posted it on Facebook, telling my friends that I had some books to lend. They started borrowing a book here or there. Soon, comrades wanted to donate books. I took the donations and curated a small lending library. Every month, more books from PM Press and AK Press came in, and when I was financially able to, I ordered additional books based on what my community needed to be stronger on. Steadily, more comrades donated books, and one comrade donated over 100 ebooks. The collection grew, the spreadsheet grew. Eventually, we filled up our first bookcase, and another comrade recommended that I start a Facebook page to share the project with a wider audience. Every month, as I order books for the library, I take requests for books and I listen to my community about topics we need to be stronger on. For example, I work with a harm reduction collective, and part of that is a transformative justice and accountability work group. So I've been ordering a lot of books about transformative justice and accountability so that activists and organizers can carve out a more meaningful place where people aren't disposable. One of my goals is to create not just a contemporary lending library, but an historic representation of anarchism through the ages. And to that end, I both buy books about our history as anarchists and organizers. We received a huge donation of zines dating back to 1997, and those are available for checkout as well. I want people from the seasoned organizer to the newly radicalized and the nascently curious to know that we have never been alone in our fight for a better future, a future free from hierarchy, capitalism, white supremacy, and silver colonialism. As of this moment, we have more than 550 books or pieces of media that are available for checkout, including CDs, DVDs, zines, ebooks, and physical books. As soon as the book has been cataloged, it's available for checkout. I do COVID safe, no contact mass door drops to any address in the Albuquerque metro area within 24 hours of being requested and ebooks can be checked out at any point by anyone, anywhere, just by requesting the download link. Our operating costs are about $300 a month and many, many hours of labor. To date, I've covered most costs and have been surprised with generous donations of cash and books. Most recently, I started a Patreon to help offset costs. The library has been a labor of love and in sticking with our anarchist principles, I've opted to not apply for 501c3 status or to apply for any federal grants. Not that a project like this would get any federal funds even if we wanted them. We keep the library running based on my ability to pay and the support of the community. Without that support, we wouldn't be able to continue operating or to grow. I'm a low-income working mom, but I do have the financial privilege to afford a few books a month. And that's one of the reasons I believe vehemently in this project. So many people don't have financial access to books or their local library doesn't stock these kinds of books or they don't know where to find the information that they seek. The driving belief behind the People's Library is that political education and history makes for stronger praxis. Knowing where we've been helps shape where we're going and what we are creating. Anarchism is both creative and disruptive in that we tear down what is old and harmful and build something new and beautiful. So I don't have all the answers about how to build something new, but I do know that what we have right now is trash and that we can do better. So I started the library to ask and answer those questions. Where have we been? 
where are we going, and how do we get there? Thank you for sharing space with me today, and thank you, William and Phoenix, for hosting this video. Let's keep moving, growing, and building together. If you'd like to support us monthly, sign up at patreon.com slash thepeopleslibraryabq or make a one-time donation via Cash App or Venmo at thepeopleslibraryabq. The news is a shit show these days, and we're here to give you a break from the white supremacist media bullshit by bringing you the shitty news so that you can feel less like shit because you know the people discussing all the fucked up shit give a shit about you and the shitty situations you deal with every day. So shit, pour yourself a glass and settle in for Father Teresa's Wine Cellar. All right, Father Muckers, yes. this, that... And the others. Maybe. All right. I, I see you may have your business uh, queued up. Can I yes. just point out um, <laughs> that name that we've heard um, most likely Amy Goodman being the only person to pronounce it correctly, I would bet. Yes. Uh, Khashoggi? Kasha I thought it was Khashoggi. Um, I've heard Amy Goodman consistently say Khashoggi. Khashoggi. Yeah. yeah well. So Jamal Khashoggi and Greta Kunturenberry. <laughs> Greta Thunberg. Yeah, shout out Amy Goodman's a, a straight gangster. Um, Booba doop skip bop flippity do. Uh, Biden won't penalize the Saudi crown prince over Khashoggi's killing, fearing relations breach. All right. When was this article from? Uh, February twenty seventh, which was yesterday. Yeah, that's interesting. Why? Wow, what up? Because Friday I saw a headline that said. Um, like, the United States did an investigation and determined Khashoggi was very much involved, um, was very much involved in that, um, what the fuck is his name, um, MBS knew and was part of it and, like, gave the order to kill him. Which, I mean, we all knew, but it hadn't been confirmed, so now it's confirmed that MBS did send out the order to kill Sh Khashoggi on Friday and then Saturday. But no consequences for murdering journalists because democracy and freedom. Hey, Fiends is one of those lefties that knows that international shit. I am very domestic left. Um, I've had my eye on MBS because basically a lot of activists in the region were like, um, can we get the Western media to stop painting this guy like he's a woke SJW? He's really horrible. Because Western media is like, they're letting women drive. He's like progressive. And then like when you actually read his proposals, he wants women to drive because he wants to like double the amount of people in the workforce. So, so. he's like, but they're not um, stopping the... Um, the guardianship laws. So like you still have to, like now technically women can drive, but you still have to have your guardian's permission to drive. It's like very not woke. <laughs> so yeah. Sounds like McMurica, but I think it was about like the, in like old lefty stuff you're learning, um, like more women are in the workplace in the seventies. Cause it's like, well, fuck more workers. We make more money. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, Oh fuck. We got automation. Hey, less workers, less workers, less workers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not all these fucking great machines. All right, so just a tiny little bitsy boo from this, because um, the, yeah, the international stuff. Not, I'm not too handily on it. Uh, so President Joe Biden decided that the price of directly penalizing Saudi Arabia's Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman is too high. 
uh, hired in Kamala Debbie when she's listening to Tupac in the 80s. Mm. Um, according to uh, senior administration officials, uh, despite a detailed U.S. intelligence finding that he directly approved of the killing of Jamal Khashoggi, uh, the dissident and Washington Post columnist who was drugged and dismemberized on, uh, in October 2018. Uh, the decision by Biden, who during the 2020 campaign called Saudi Arabia a pariah uh, state with no redeeming social value. Well, why don't they just challenge? They, they must have challenged him to some push-ups. <laughs> they must have beat him in the push-ups challenge. That's what I'm betting on. And now Biden's like, you know what? I can't really fuck with them niggas. We make so much money from Saudi Arabia. We? Well, you know. I would like... <laughs> the royal we. I'd, li I'd like my cut. Uh, to g give it to me in all singles. <laughs> uh, fucking. Um, and also, uh, in, in com under women's rights, uh, bill to punish hmm. false domestic violence reports. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. That thing right. that's always going on. Mm -hmm. uh, to punish that myth uh, with child custody limits. And this alarms advocates. I saw this shared by a... Um, this is why I still follow some of the class holes because they do share some relatively Ugh. relevant news. Yeah. I'm actually going to have to read this bill, aren't I? Oh, House Bill 547? Yeah, because I want to see what their criteria is for determining a false allegation. Oh. Because are we talking about false, like, yeah, I fucking made it up and I'm admitting it? Or are we talking false, like... She couldn't prove it. She was probably lying. Because those are very different scenarios. Oh, it's going to be the former. What are you joking me? Come on. Right, right. Uh, a bill that could restrict child custody uh, from a parent uh, found to have made false allegations of domestic violence or sexual assault has alarmed advocates who say it could stop people from reporting such events out of fear the claim will be deemed unfounded. The Kentucky Coalition Against Domestic Violence blasted House Bill 547, uh, filed uh, Tuesday by State Representative Jason Neems. State Representative Jason N-E-M-E-S. Jason Neems saying it could make survivors fear fleeing an abusive situation or reporting it. Uh, this is a quote, Scooby-Doo, from Angela Yanelli. Angela Yanelli says, Survivors may fear losing custody of their children or being criminally prosecuted if they are not able to provide sufficient evidence. Uh, if they are not able to provide sufficient evidence of domestic violence or child abuse. There it is. That's what I was looking for. Okay. And she continues, uh, this bill will put more children at risk as well as the parents who are trying to provide a safe home for them than it will save any children from harm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Taking a look at the archive chat space. Doop-a-doop-doop-bop-skibbity-doo. Don't we already have a law on making a false report? Yes. Uh, yeah, pretty sure. Like, uh, yes. all the way up to perjury. Filing a false police report is a crime. <coughs> <sighs> yeah, yeah, filing a false police report is already a crime. But, you know, if there is a way to punish women more, we should definitely uh, do that. For sure. Ooh. Gun that in. 
and a um I, I don't get too heavy into these things, but folks might um uh, find interest in this. Uh, it's good old-fashioned discrimination. A beauty pageant can keep barring trans women, uh, judge rules, hmm. which I don't really get into beauty pageants. Um, like, we just, let, let's, I, uh, like it, I yeah. mean, traditionally, let's call up cis women, put you in a bathing suit. There will be no swimming. It's not a swimming competition. Right. But we just want it to be a bathing suit. Why don't you go ahead and, um, but you know, show the people that you're a good bootlicker. So put a little, a sash. Is that what that is? Yeah. With the name of the state you live in, because your body represents your state. Yep. Like your international capacity for commanding the male gaze makes you a state representative. It's a weird pat practice in patriarchy, yeah. and I just don't look at it much. Mm-hmm. But uh, and they want to make sure that they uh, bar trans women from uh, being involved in this uh, practice of patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Yes. A thought on you or oh not really i don't like beauty pageants at all yeah yeah they're weird to me i don't uh yeah i think sarah palin was doing beauty pageants back in the uh Ugh. yeah like her in her so pre-politics was, uh, days so was amorosa i, I um uh, was that the uh that little colored gal that was hanging around with them trump fellers yep all right i remember niggas was trying to fucking niggas have such wishful thinking stop it like, remember niggas make a little blog post and shit like, she's the spook who sat by the door. Shut up. You fucking wishful weirdo. Quit being a dweeb. All right. And uh, see, I'm very nice and nuanced here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phoenix miscolored ma'am. Yes. I know you got some funk. Yeah, maybe. Um, do you want serious news or funny shit? Oh, no. Yeah. Why don't, why don't white crime it? Okay. It's a good old Saturday. Um, yeah. Because at some point we do have to cover the... Um, a Kentucky, a black police officer in Kentucky got fired for snitching. Oh. Yeah, that's what the thin blue line is. Like, that's yep. their stop snitching. And then also, you saw um, that the Derek Chauvin trial is starting soon. Oh, damn. So, Minneapolis has hired internet influencers to push um, pro-city propaganda to prevent riots. What? Yeah, the city of Minneapolis is hiring um, social media influencers. Okay. Yeah, because they think it's going to stop riots from potentially happening. So that's going on. However, what's also going on, this is an old story, but I don't think we covered it because this is too hilarious to me. I feel like I would have remembered it. Um, meanwhile, in Florida. Oh, cool. I love stupid bullshit like this. A woman... Yeah. Named Danette Skutak was surprised with a brand new golf court courtesy of Fuzzy's Vodka. Miss Sutak was a big winner in a field of 11,000 entrants. Unfortunately, later that same evening, after winning her golf court, Danette was arrested and booked into the county detention center on a charge of driving under the influence. Not gonna lie, son, that's gangster as fuck. Oh, Florida. Apparently, she was driving her newly won golf court while attempting to make a turn, flipped the vehicle, and crashed it in the process. And she also had two passengers in the golf court when the incident happened. She has posted a $1,000 bond. 
You can't win a golf cart, a golf cart in a in a contest or a raffle, and then fucking get drunk and crash it the same day. Yeah, you can. You can't do that. That's no. that's called getting stuff done. No. Right. This is someone like the antidepressants are fucking working. No. They're no. knocking shit out. No. Big wins, big wins. No. They're on that shit Bart Simpson was on, that fucking focus all or whatever they had him on for an episode. No. All right. Also in Florida, a man has been charged with burglary after. Nah. Homeowners. Nah. Return and find. What? You're not even going to try to guess? Okay. The app. Commence burglary after homeowners return and find. Mm-hmm. Ah, shit. Feces. No. Okay. There's we've covered many. There's a, a mad lot pooper. of mad pooper stories. Yeah. Okay. The return and find. Um. Ah, fuck. Is he naked? I think he had his clothes on. Oh, well, he was wearing clothes. Okay. That's a real question. That's worth trying to find out. Was <laughs> yeah. he? Because uh, what we covered another one where the cat like. Was drinking their wine? Yes. Like, but in their backyard? Yeah. Like, it went beyond, bre- it's breaking in and hanging out at that yeah. point. Yeah. There was one where they broke in a shot of pornography film in the nigga's house. Yes, while they were on vacation, what yeah. What the fuck be going on? A Florida man was charged with burglary Wednesday after homeowners returned to find him laying on their couch and watching TV while wearing their clothes. You are the goddamn whitest person I've ever seen. That is, uh, <laughs> it kind of puts a spin on cultural appropriation. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's just like, nigga, we like to steal. I would like to think so that we... he was like celebrating Columbus Day intra-racially. Fucking Christ. <laughs> the homeowners returned around 7 p.m. and found Jay Knight, age 34, on their couch with the TV on. Police arrived as he was trying to leave. Oh, okay. You wanted to leave after you saw them. He admitted to kicking in the door of the home, then took several items and put them in a bag and placed it by the door before he sat down and decided to watch TV. You know what? Burglarizing is work too. And break time is break time. Quite from maybe it wasn't fair that they like you can't come home while he's on break. You need to go on break too and then come home when you're both working now. Mm-hmm. That's the only fair way to do it. You got some great moves, Todd. You dance like a white man, and I love it. All right, I have one more Florida man. Ah, Jesus fucking Christ. Mm-hmm. All right. What's that saying that the Negroes have? Wow, wow, wow. Sometimes you fuck around, and sometimes... Uh, you you stay uninformed. <laughs> we've, been, we've been fucking around <laughs> with industrialism for over a century. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes you fuck around, and sometimes you find out. The Florida man has found out. All right, so a Florida man is in critical condition, and this is what I know we had it. You had another clip playing, and I just started laughing. It was because of this sentence right here. Are you ready for this sentence? Yes, ma'am. A Florida man is in critical condition after he brought the wrong weapon to a gunfight and was then shot naked while carrying a Bible. Oh. Oh, no. In case someone was wondering why I spontaneously started laughing. 
All another clip was playing us because I read that fucking sentence. Ah, that doesn't seem uh, woke, and I'm I'm woke as hell. That is that is not woke. Well, that nigga gonna be asleep for a while now. God damn. All right. So Fortnite was naked and carrying a Bible and brought the wrong weapon to a gunfight. All right. Theo Local said, what's in the Florida air? Everything that they did in the 70s is still in the air. Everything that they've deregulated. They're still exhaling oh, shit from the 70s and everyone's just walking around breathing that in. That's how you get stuck. Soon as I got off the plane and stepped out the airport... That's not the humidity you're feeling. That's all the hot breath of people exhaling every snort, inhale, all that shit is coming out. Uh, according to police, the shooting happened outside the Sunshine Garden Apartments on Prembrook Road in Prem Pembroke Pines. Police responded to the apartment complex after multiple people called 911 to report a naked man running around. Cis identity extremist. Yep, we we always have them sit, and I need to label them shits too. I think we've had like five in recent weeks that I have not labeled. Oh, that. really? Yeah. Okay. A uh, police said the man was knocking on doors while naked, and if someone answered, he would ask, "Do you want some of this?" And witnesses said the man would then point to his penis and shake it at them. <laughs> God damn it! It's a chance to do good for us boys in the hood. Just call us NWA, neighbors with appetizers. Oh, Florida man, what the And shake fuck? it. <laughs> shake it. Shake it, shake it, shake it. <laughs> shake it off. Shake it off. What is that? Like a frontal twerk? How do you do I what is this? Know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Um while officers were en route to the scene, another caller no. reported that the man had been shot. Really? <laughs> I'm not going to act surprised that the nigga got shot. You don't go walking around wiggly jiggling at every damn body. That's threatening. Uh, upon arrival, police found the man on the road bleeding profusely and suffering from multiple Oh. <laughs> uh, the investigation, however, is still ongoing. So sometimes you fuck around. And sometimes. And sometimes. <laughs> hey, sometimes you don't have to shoot them, right? Cool, Dad. What is that? Some old Indian thing. What's it for? Well, I don't know much about Indians, but I do know tools. And if I had to guess, I'd say you jam one of these in the back of a white man's skull, twist the handle like so, and then your blood runs out through the hole here. Yep, that's what it's for. I don't think that's what it's for. You're saying it, it has to be. No, no. It would make great television, no. whatever that tool is. I have to look at that episode again. No. And you're sniff, yo, you're sniffing oh. about for more. You, I'm oh, just glancing shit. to see if anything's trending on Twitter. The MAGA rapper. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. Folks, it's time for some hip hop. Is All that right. what we're doing? Real hip hop, and also like I've been saying, gangsta, 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 giggity, gangsta. Yes. In 2016, the Trump administration is going to bring a gangsterism. 2018 to now, the gangsterism of MAGA. Uh, da -da 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 -da. Replying to 
Oh, I'm looking at these Twitter notifications to find where you tagged um, Wine Cellar Media in the video. Oh, you tagged William J. Jackson. Yo, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I'm not logged into that one on here. Oh, no. Do you want me to tag the Wine Cellar? Yes, ma'am, so we can get this rapper in here. Yeah, and um, I've been talking about their gangbang activities and how they see certain symbolisms, like um, if you have a a Pride flag or a Black Lives Matter t-shirt, they see that as an enemy flag, no different than a Blood or a Clipped, a Vice Lord or a GD, you know, to uh, an uh, ESGs do not have natural enemies, you know, mm-hmm. or like a Long Beach Crip to a Compton Crip, like they sort, like they see an enemy and they're gonna get flexy. Mm-hmm. And now they have gangster rappers. But And I looked back, I... <clears throat> The other ones, Phoenix Kalita argues they are gangster rappers, and I hear her argument, but they also sound more like guys just doing Republican talking points in raps, because mm-hmm. it's those black coon grifters yeah. on the Trump shit, and and they're also, a lot of them, they have that Brooklyn accent to the point of where it's like, it's hard to take you seriously. That, that accent sounds too funny. Yeah. And yeah, like, um, they seem more like mixtape punchline rappers than, like, gangsta rappers. Yeah, I don't think they're personally invested in the ideology, but I'm fine with a broad brush. If you're promoting the ideology, even if it's just as a grift or it's just, you know, for clout or to get your clicks up, you can go sit with them. Yeah. Like, yeah. And they did have a part where I'd say, yeah, because, like, they did straight up say Antifa. Mm-hmm. And say, like, I can fight. I'm not like Antifa, like a lyric like that. Mm-hmm. And um, like that right there, I'm like, okay, that that's a little gangster. But to me, they're still, they're more like um, hyperbolic uh, mixtape rappers. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and do a screen share. And yeah, it is funny, but, you know, this is real shit. And so you also told me that old man in the clip is like someone that worked with Trump. That's Roger Stone. Okay, that's, again, I don't know that name. I didn't follow the administration. He was one of the lawyers, and he goes on Alex Jones' show all the time. Ah. Huge fucking anti-Semite. Oh, of course. Remember the first time that I ever heard Alex Jones, uh, David Duke was the guest. (laughs) I never heard the word Jews said so many times, like, more than like a Lewis Black stand-up set. Like, he said it so many times, right? More than Mark Maron's podcast is like, God, this guy has a deep fucking obsession. All right, so let's uh, let's check out some of this uh, Magsta. Yeah, Trump 2021, he's running it back. These people love the, they are like fanfic of themselves. Oh shit, look at the fucking picture of Trump painted on the car behind him. Yeah, which is it's, like. It's Rambo. They photoshopped his Trump's face on the, um, one of the Rambo covers. Right, and got a big American flag behind them. They got 45 on the door. The truck is one of them huge trucks. The funny thing is, like, the bigger the truck, the less likely the man driving it actually hauls shit. Seriously. Fucking Christ. Who won Trump won? Yep. It's just good. Arbitrarily claim victory. Watermark the baddest 45, the chosen one. You know the fans did it sweet. They was knocking at the front door. Patriots pulling up, knocking on the Capitol. 
Patriots pulling up, knocking on the Capitol. Now, you know how over the years, if you're a lefty like me or even just not right wing at all, Mm -hmm. you know when you hear the word patriot, it doesn't make you think good, nice people that are here to be kind. Right. Right. You hear the words freedom and liberty. It doesn't sound like they're talking about freedom or liberation in at allness. Mm -hmm. Right. So, like. That on some level, that is a level of like set claiming. On some level, that yeah. is a level. That's how I talk. But fucking, that is a type of set claiming. Mm-hmm. on the Capitol. Oh yeah. Patriots pulling up, knocking on the Capitol. Oh yeah. You know the fans that are sweet, bro. You know the fans that are sweet, bro. Fans that are sweet, niggas knocking at the front door. Patriots pulling up, knocking on the Capitol. Oh yeah. You know the fans that are sweet. And now saying the feds done sweep. So now these gangsters have their form of the police they don't like. Mm-hmm. They have their own fuck the police. Well, it's just funny to me that they're straight up how everyone, like people are still trying to pull this whole like, they were just uh, very passionate and they got carried away, but they didn't have malicious intent. Like people are still trying to make that argument. And literally they're here like pulling up on the Capitol. What? Like Proud of it. <laughs> This, this is not somebody who just accidentally kind of sort of got carried away. Like, shit. Hold on. Who said trap version of Bubba Sparks? Nigga. Oh, that's fucking Theo. Trap version of Bubba Sparks for Trump supporters and racist Roger Stone. And yeah, Patriots is code for racist. Mm-hmm. Why is Roger Stone doing the Nixon hands? I am not a crook. (laughs) Probably on purpose. They wanted someone to say that. Fucking shit. Yes. So that that is all the way going on right now. It's too much. It's too much. It is. It's a little wild. I should diss him. You could. And call myself the leader of Antifa. Like, I think, I mean, yeah, like. I, I just, if you are looking for the leader of Antifa, that is me. Mm-hmm. And also, I am the uh, the ambassador, mm-hmm. uh, sort of the uh, dictator of cancel culture. So if you're worried about something getting canceled, you mm-hmm. know, talk to me. I'll interact with the board of Wine Cellar Comrades. We'll decide if we don't want to cancel that thing or not. All right. If you hate cancel culture, I actually invented it. Wow. I made that shit. You invented cancel culture. Yeah, which really goes all the way back to the 80s, right? It must have been cancel culture when KRS-One was battling another MC. I can't remember. I think it may have been MC Shan. Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, when MC Shan's record comes out, don't buy it. Mm -hmm. And when the record dropped, his New York sales were pure shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I guess that was cancel culture, too. Yes. And, uh, oh, God, fucking Vlad, DJ Vlad of, uh, well, of Vlad TV. Like, you said Ja Rule was a victim of cancel culture. Shut the fuck. Mm-hmm. Not even up. Just shut the fuck. Like, the fuck is open and you need to close it. It doesn't need to go vertical for you to do that. All right. So that may be about that, right? I haven't checked the phone yeah. bank. Yeah, I'm just glancing at what's trending on Twitter to see if there's anything um, worth uh, honorable yeah. mentionry. Again, lady, some they found Lady Gaga's dogs. Someone shot her dog, wa- dog walker and kidnapped her dogs the other day. So they found her dogs. Yeah, which, God damn, how bad did that nigga need the money? Seriously. You weren't around blasting on dog walkers and kidnapping dogs. Yeah, the protests in Myanmar are still going on. Um, 
Oh, there's an article about the women uh, arrested for breaching the Capitol. That's oh, like might just be specifically about assumed cis women. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. There's 21 that. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. There's 28 women facing charges. Okay. All right. But yeah, uh, nothing super interesting. And then also, I don't know if the wine cellar is going to riff about it because um, you know we we do uh, have an individual that that regularly. Um, interacts with us we've been doing book club with binky bear maddie stump Mm -hmm. and like i just i don't know how to comment on it but that shit with um sophie labelle uh the person that uh illustrates and writes or created the whole um assigned male comics yeah Mm -hmm. and there and that whole business going on with them with the furry diaper pictures and all that i don't i don't know how to comment on that constructively so I'm kind of keep keeping my face out of it. I'll see mm-hmm. what Maddie Stump says. Uh, I think Maddie Stump might want to read more, look more into that before commenting on it. But like, I'm hella sis, and I fucking I'm not just gonna start running my goddamn mouth and then say something that's uh, counter constructive in the long run. Mm-hmm. You know, and I am looking for more motherfuckers because like basically like right wing transphobes. This is what they've been waiting for. They're gonna run with this one. So, like, transphobia in the white community goes, it's way beyond J.K. Rowling, folks. <laughs> and mm-hmm. they're going to run with, I already saw one cat, I reported his YouTube video, because uh, he was, like, straight up arguing for, like, very graphic violence and shit on his damn YouTube video. And then, um, at the same time, on the black side of uh, transphobia, Tariq Nasheed is about to put out that damn buck-breaking documentary of the buck-breaking myth. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, rape culture's there, of course. Yeah. Like, they're gonna rape boys and men as well as uh, girls and women, you know, and across the gender specto. Mm-hmm. But, like, they be saying shit like, um, like, oh, yeah, the slave owners would just rape the adult man in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, you realize these are, like, you see how homophobic these people are now. Right. This is the homophobia that they have progressed to. And you're going to tell me that some pillar of the community slave owner is just ra- literally pulling down his pants in front of a crowd of people to rape another man in front of them? Yeah, but this ties into their um, fake like revisionist history that uh, homosexuality has been always been accepted among white people and they taught us how to be gay. So that's like that dovetail with that goofy shit. Yeah, and when, and when you find um, the, uh, one cat... Uh, really did a deep dive and found like the earliest claims of this myth online and they noticed that they were calling the slave owners gay they would always say the gay slave owners mm-hmm. you know and it was like oh, okay so you're just trying to make that like this is what gay white people do you fucking lying weirdo they're not all Ed Buck yeah and taking a look back at the archive chat space uh Theo Loco said Jeffrey Atkins was the victim of being cheesy as fuck. <laughs> All right. And Jeffrey Atkins, that is a jaw rule. That's the J.A. part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, and there's such a broader context to it, right? Like, um, he, um, he already was looked at kind of funny style. Like for the most part, he was more of a male model with a soundtrack than like a serious rapper because mm-hmm. his thing was take off his shirt show his abs and move around real energetically mm-hmm. no one was no one memorized his verses <laughs> no one came up to you and be like yo you hear that new jaw rule that nigga was spitting <laughs> no 
know. And even when you look at the, um, I actually have the documentary here in my DVD collection. It's called Backstage. Mm -hmm. And on the Backstage documentary, Jay-Z is talking about, like, Ja Rule's performance style. And he says, like, he takes off his shirt and does this little shimmy. And the crowd, you know, bugs out. It's like... He was an Instagram model during dial-up. Like, that that was Ja Rule's job. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, when it came for him to be challenged lyrically, he already didn't have the ammunition of notoriety, let alone the ammunition of lyrics to be faced with a battle. And this is the ill part. Like, he beyond that, he had a bubbling beef with DMX, where DMX was taking shots at him, very violent homophobic shots at him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh... <clears throat> And 50 Cent, like, 50 Cent's beef came back. 50 Cent was actually dissing Jay-Z with songs like Be a Gentleman because he saw Ja Rule as too small time Mm -hmm. to diss. But then when 50 Cent started to blow up more and Ja Rule still had records out with, like, the, who's that that person, the Jennifer Lopez, Mm -hmm. those those duets and whatnot, 50 was like, you know what? I'll throw a few shots at Ja Rule. And Ja Rule decided to try to diss back, and that didn't work because, like, you gotta... Ja Rule didn't step back and look at the bigger picture. He was still looking at it like, I'm just going at 50. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you realize he's next to Dre and Eminem now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Eminem is a battler. Like, he lost to Juice twice, which, yeah, sounds like, oh, he's a loser. No, that was the number two spot in those battles. And also losing to Juice, it's an honor that you got to battle MC Juice. If you get a chance to battle MC Juice or Supernatural, do it. Yeah, you'll probably lose, but it's honorable. I'll do it. I'll probably get my ass fucking kicked, but Mm -hmm. I would love to battle Juice or Supernat. You know, so like you're fucking with a very serious battle when you're fucking with Eminem. And then you got them whole D12 niggas behind them and Proof was still alive. Mm -hmm. So you got Proof as well. And remember, Proof got in the source's unsigned hype before Eminem. That's how hot Proof was. And then you got Dre. Dre has an attitude about disses. If someone in his camp disses someone, Dre's like, then I say fuck him too. Mm-hmm. Right? And then they're, they better be damn happy Snoop ass didn't get involved. But then remember, you had Exhibit's fucking hungry spitting ass in that shit. Mm-hmm. And Royce the 5'9". It's like Ja Rule did not step back and really look at what he may have been fucking around with <laughs> before he found out. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And written what happened throughout the mixtape circuit, they all got after his ass. Yeah. And it was horrific. So, yeah, like, nigga, uh, Vlad TV want to talk about Ja Rule went down because of cancel culture of yore. Like, no, Ja Rule went down because, again, the premise, he was an Instagram model during dial-up that really had no fucking lyrics in the first place. All right? And if you really think he did, without looking at any website or any paper, spit me your three favorite Ja Rule verses from memory. (laughs) You could even, go ahead, do the one from New York. That was his latest big hit. Go ahead motherfuckers and that is your obligatory tangent winecellarmedia.fothermuckingcom all right folks um and we do have a gofundme up it is fucking sad right because it seemed like things were going in a direction where it's like no we can just donate to other people's gofundme now well oh fuck we need help again we need help again yeah and uh folks may have seen um 
I the episode was uploaded. We've made a couple posts about it. Uh, and I put up video of the aftermath where uh, Phoenix Kalita's driving the car. And um, it's somebody earlier, way before, drove how they felt like driving, got their car stuck in the snow mm-hmm. in a way where it was obstructing traffic. And so people going in that direction on that side are going around, but you say they're going in the median. Mm-hmm. But old Mr. Pick'em Up Truck Man said, fuck the median. I'm going all the way into the oncoming traffic lane. Yeah. Smashes directly the fucking to Phoenix Kalita. Her bruises are just now starting to go down. Yeah. What is it? Eight days later, it was the 20th when that happened. Mm-hmm. And um, and totaled the fucking car. Yeah. And like, this was our year, right? This year, she's turning 40. I'm turning 38. Mm-hmm. We did everything right. We fucking played. That's what's so frustrating. Yeah. We played our part. We got no criminal records. Me mm-hmm. as a cis man, I got no kids. I have good credit. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, Phoenix Leader pays her student loan shit on time, pays her medical bills on time. We go to work. We do all the overtime hours. Open up the savings account. Uh, be frugal. You want to talk about some fucking Brie frugal? The shit you see me wearing right <laughs> now is from a motherfucking resale shop. Plato's Closet. $2, Buster. I think this shirt was $5. <laughs> yeah. $5 dashikis and shit. Right? I have jeans in there from fucking... I have one pair of jeans in there from 2002 okay like frugal we did everything that the bootlickers say we're supposed to do and we're so fucking close to uh talking to a loan officer talking to a realtor and negotiating to purchase a house Mm -hmm. and boom here comes trucker man to total the car when we are fucking less than six months from the ultimate fucking goal of marginalized people. Maybe that's not the ultimate goal. A, a goal. A marginalized couple with a relatively similar background. Yes. Yeah. Fuck. So yeah, we have that GoFundMe up. It's a steep ass GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. It's a big fucking wish that will probably not be fulfilled, but some folks are kicking in already right it's a ten thousand dollar goal because we're trying to just replace the car because what's going to happen is if we have those car payments like that's a hit to the credit it's it's not a hit to the credit it's a hit to the debt to income ratio where we're being evaluated for a loan from a loan officer Mm -hmm. right so if motherfuckers could help us pay that damn car off before we go to a loan officer. That would be so amazing. That, yeah, so we don't have that in debt to income ratio. Yeah, and that's what we, it's a $10,000 goal. $267 are in right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's give it a shot. Hopefully in 30 days, things go outstandingly. Fingers crossed. Yeah, cross them up. Uh, take a look at the archive chat space. Oh, shit. Um, Theo Loco reminds me that Buster Rhymes got in on the shit at uh, at uh, Ja Rule. Mm. You don't even be hearing Buster Rhymes dissing nobody. Buster Rhymes doesn't do nothing but fucking smile. <laughs> That's the main thing he does is try to encourage other men to smile more. It's great. <laughs> All right. And so with that, we need to... Uh, Go right on ahead and just wrap this gosh darn thing up. Will you folks please be as safe as possible wherever you are? 
stop live stream. <laughs> uh, podcast audio. Mm -hmm. You gotta go. 